It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Does anybody need an extra drink? It is almost 1 o'clock in the morning, and the only thing that I reach for, because I've been drinking a lot tonight, I'm just going to let you guys know ahead of time that it was, well, you saw it. I mean, what am I talking about? I don't have to explain this to you. What a crazy game. I don't know whether to call that the general hospital game or the Nelly alligator game, or I hope Corey Clement's okay, but man, they shouldn't have fumbled that football on the opening half of the uh, second half there. I'm John Barchard. It is the Go Birds podcast along with Elliot Shore Parks, who is down in Atlanta, comfy finally in his hotel room. Elliot, tell me something, because I've got a lot of questions uh, for you tonight, yeah. my friend. So I've covered a lot of games so far in my, in my young career, but that was maybe the wildest in terms of just a roller coaster, the ups, the downs. I thought they had lost it two times. I thought they had won it twice. Like, it was wild. And being in the stadium, you could really feel that kind of roller coaster. At certain moments, the, the, all you could hear were Eagles fans. And then next thing you know, Julio Jones is sprinting down the field, and the Falcons are back, and then Carson with the bomb. And Nelson that he drops, and then he catches the, la- the last one. I mean, it was, it was just it was a wild, wild game. Yeah, that was crazy. And and uh, before I forget, because we're probably going to get, uh, well, a lot of positive, a lot of negative. I don't really know how to feel. I just feel weird. But uh, shout outs to the fans of Philly. You guys were fucking loud as hell down there. It did feel like a home game there uh, towards the stretch, especially like when uh, when Jim Schwartz was bringing a lot of pressure. Uh, not the one that Julio caught, obviously, but... Um, let's start with the injuries, Elliot, because there were so many people yeah. that went into the medical tent and, um, uh, maybe that should be the theme of this podcast and we'll just make it blue and hopefully nobody strains their voice or tears a, uh, I don't know, the, the calf or whatever it is. Uh, so what did we get any clarification on Deshaun Jackson and now Sean Jeffrey? Cause those are the two things I think are everybody on everyone's mind right now. Yeah. So Doug didn't give any kind of, uh, clarification so we have no official update from the team uh from being in the locker room i saw deshaun walk out 
didn't speak to reporters. Uh, he was he had a noticeable limp. Um, and obviously he had on pants, but it looked like he had maybe some type of wrapping on underneath his uh, sweatpants. Uh, he had a groin injury, which is, you know, not great, especially for a guy that's games predicated on speed. He's obviously not like a power running back, but even really no matter what position you play, groin injury is tough to get over. Um, I think out of, well, I said the, the worst injury seems like it's going to be Timmy Jernigan. Timmy yeah. Jernigan had on a boot uh, last week. Malik Jackson had a boot on. He's done it for the year. I'm not saying Jernigan is, but very rarely do you see a guy in a walking boot and he plays within, you know, like the next two weeks. So I think Jernigan's probably a long-term injury. Uh, Corey Clement was in a sling. Um, oh, all diagnosed. I guess the only right. good oh, news is Alshon looks fine. Yes. Uh, so. Oh, that's good. Okay. So it's just, it looks like it just might be like a week to week or day to day thing for him. If you had to guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to yeah. speculate, yeah. Uh, but just he didn't, you know, he didn't have a boot on. It didn't look like it was wrapped. Um, it was a calf injury, and he seemed to not be in that much pain, or he, and he seemed to be walking fine. So, again, just kind of trying to be a doctor from looking at these guys. Yeah. I, I thought his injury seemed okay, and, and, and Deshaun seemed worse. Uh, I'll be a doctor on uh, Corey Clement's injury. That is a separated or dislocated shoulder because I've been in that position exactly 35. 5,000 times uh, in my lifetime. So uh, I am pretty sure that's what that is. Uh, people can obviously try and play through that and hope it, don't pop, it doesn't pop out again. But if there is separation, I would say, again, it's probably, it's probably a week-to-week injury for him if, uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm right on that. So um, that was you know part of it. Jason Peters went in and out of this game. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know what they told you in the press box, but apparently Jason Kelsey went – to the Falcons' sideline at one point. I was waiting for a replay from NBC. They didn't give it to us. Did you guys kind of figure anything out with uh, with Jason Kelsey and why he walked over to the Falcons' sideline? Uh, no. I mean, he seemed fine after the game. He talked to reporters for a long time. Uh, seemed to be in good spirits. You know, this sounds silly, but it is a new stadium. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, he just, you know, <laughs> it true. Is, that is what it is. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't. he wouldn't be out there if he had a concussion. Yeah. So I think... I think he's probably okay. But when you look at the guys that were tested, I mean, Carson was tested for concussion. Nelson Aguilar was tested. Sidney Jones was tested. Maybe Jason Kelsey, depending. Well, he wasn't tested, but, you know, like you said, he seemed a little out of it at times. So not a great night from the concussion standpoint. Uh, Carson said after the game he was frustrated with kind of how the whole test went down. He was sitting on the bench for a few minutes. Uh, next thing you know, he's getting called in to take it. Josh McCown goes in the game. For obvious reasons, everybody is kind of like, holy shit, here we go. Yes, I was uh, pissing like my maybe pants. Maybe it was a rib thing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously with how he was playing. So I think that, you know, Carson was not happy with how that went. But at the end of the day, he was cleared from the concussion. And there's there's a lot of negatives for tonight. And we'll, we'll have all week to talk about and we'll talk about him tonight. But one of the positives is, like, Wentz did step up at the end. Man. Now, he was really bad for three quarters. Yeah. But – he did step up at the end, and I, I, you know, as in his young career, that is encouraging. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's open that box up right now because the funny thing to me is there is no doubt about it that Wentz got rocked in the ribs a couple of times in this game. I think the first major shot that happened in the in the first quarter definitely affected him uh, after that next drive, at least for a little bit. But this is what's funny to me is people could just kind of all of a sudden jumped on and be like, Wentz looks hurt. Wentz looks hurt. Wentz looks hurt. And I, I didn't see that. I really didn't. Now, no. I'm, I'm sure it affected some of his game early on. But after that, I mean, that was just, uh, like you said, this was that was one of the worst games that I've ever seen Carson Wentz 
play in uh, up to that point, and I started thinking of all those things that we had talked about leading up to this week about not being that great on the road, and uh, you know, it, it 500 plus teams and three and ten and all this other stuff. It kind of fit right in there. So I, I know that people are, are 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 jumping that. Maybe they're still jumping it as you kind of listen to this this morning, or this afternoon, or uh, whatever it is. But I think that was just bad Carson Wentz, uh, unfortunately, and and that was. Uh, between that and I think between the miscommunication of Mac Hollins, clearly, clearly that I think threw everybody off, and including the entire offense. When Carson's getting banged up, you don't have Alshon, you don't have the uh, Deshaun, and and again for a stretch you don't, you don't have, have Goddard, N- Nelly. You don't have Goddard, which we didn't even get to get into, which was so crazy because that happened during pregame warmups, which is really, really unfortunate. And then I think that's, mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe. That when Doug Peterson came out, he did have a big time Dallas Goddard uh, Ertz plan and then had to throw that out of the window. And they were trying to play catch up to me, Elliot, the entire game. But would love to hear your thoughts on, on all of that. Yeah, so I'm happy you brought up Doug Peterson. So there's a lot to talk about with Carson. I'm sure people are expecting me to rip Carson. And he was not good. But I think like the longer this slow start the game thing happens, like, Doug has to – he has to get some of the blame for that. I mean, yeah. this team consistently comes out really poorly in the first quarter. And really, honestly, in the first half. They were really bad in the first half tonight. They were really bad in the first half last week. Last season, they were one of the worst first-quarter teams. And overall, there were a lot of games where they were really bad in the first half, and they brought it up in the second half. Now, it's a credit to Doug that they do adjust, and they do rebound, and they do those things. But we're going to rip Carson. Like, Doug is – tied at the hip to Carson. Doug is just as important to this team as Carson is in a lot of ways. And it has to fall on him too. Like the team looks unprepared every single week. I know there were injuries, but there's no excuse to only well, score six, two weeks. And two six weeks. points in the first half. <laughs> it's Every single week has been two weeks, unless you're uh, drawn from, from something from last year for sure. Um, I hear it, I'm going to stick with that theory though. I think they were just completely thrown off completely thrown off by everything. But, but, they, but they never come out looking prepared. When's the last time this team jumped all over it? Yeah, oh, in terms of that, like in Doug's career, yeah, it didn't really happen that much in 2018. Last time, yeah, got to go back two years ago when it looked like everybody was kind of on the same page and fully prepared here. Yeah. And I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think it's totally valid. But at the same time, uh, I'll say it again. You've lost your top two wide receivers. You lost uh, what I think it was part of the game plan, uh, walking out into the stadium to go and warm up. Uh, and then the next thing you know, like, oh, my God, I have to get Mac Collins out there. And to me, Mac Collins looked like he was all over the place in a lot of those situations, especially like might have been. And that's what I we have to figure out still is some of those bad Carson throws where, where Mac Collins was supposed to be or was just, just kind of like – uh, a, a little errant there, but I'm getting tired of that crap too. You know, I, I, it's, I think this is just why this game was so incredibly, incredibly weird. Is just you have all those kind of seemingly in a row, and uh, you know, Jason Peters finally goes down for the first time. You're swapping him out. You're swapping guards out. It's just mass chaos. I think that's really stressful on any coach uh, heading into it. Yeah. But I, I understand your point where you're coming from. Yeah. It. it it seemed like they were adjusting a lot in the second half, uh, and they finally caught up there. It's just the, all those all those little dumb things along the way kind of really sunk this game. And, and let's be honest, the Falcons were not good, right? Like like Jim Schwartz styled us some some good time blitzes, which yep. certainly impacted things, but they were they were not good. Like the only reason the Eagles were really in this game 
was because the Falcons kicking themselves in the foot. I mean, there were two plays before he gave up a touchdown where Darby should have given up a long touchdown. Matt Ryan was atrocious. Like, yeah. this game is what it is, and we'll talk about it, but I would be very surprised if when this season ended, the Falcons had a winning record. I do not think they are a good team. I don't. So, think, I, I think they've fallen yeah. off uh, offensively, uh, but I, I think that defense played really well tonight. I'll admit that. I mean, that was a complete bounce-back game from what happened against Minnesota, and uh, certainly, I, I think there's kind of a wave coming here. I've already seen it on Twitter, and I guess somebody had said it on the post-game show uh, over on uh, NBC Sports uh, Philly. I think it was our good friend Barrett Brooks who uh, who said, you know, you got to run the ball here more, and you got to do. <laughs> and I don't understand why it's working. I mean, I completely disagree with that. Yeah, so do I. And 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 along with um, you know some other folks are just like, why aren't you getting Jordan Howard involved? It's always this kind of steering towards. Uh, this establish the run type of mentality, and I, I get it. I get it. When stuff isn't really working out right, you want to kind of hand it on over. But um, you know, two point eight yards per carry, two point two yards per carry. It's not getting really anything done. Don't think it's completely their fault. But uh, Miles Sanders kind of still looked like a rookie out there tonight. Uh, Jordan Howard, although was giving positive yardage, wasn't you know creating any big big uh, shots down the field or long runs or anything like that. I think that's all kind of collectively in there. And running it more is not going to make it better, you know? And the Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, this offense turned around when Carson started hitting his receivers yep. in stride. Like, yep. it's really it's not that complicated. In the second half, and really more like the fourth quarter and part of the third, Carson was better than he was for the first half and, you know, part of the third. Like, in the first first part of the game, Carson was really, really bad. His passer rating was like a six at one point. Yeah. And again, I know you're missing Deshaun. I know you're missing Alshon and Goddard, right? Like, I get that. But he he should be better than he was tonight, no matter who is out there. It's just, that's the fact. Like, his two interceptions were really bad. He should have had a third interception. His accuracy was terrible. His decision-making was really bad to start the game. He was he honestly looked a lot like he did last year against New Orleans and Dallas on the road. Yep. And he turned it on in the fourth quarter. He did. The Falcons allowed the game to be to keep close. Uh, and he was much better in the fourth quarter. He started hitting his receivers. Obviously, we haven't talked about it yet, but that Nelson drop was oh maybe the God. worst drop I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I mean, that or the Alshon drop in the playoff game. What, but, yeah, what did let's let's go to there. What did that look like to you from the press box? I mean, it looked like the worst drop I've ever seen. Like, I mean, it, it hit him. It, it hit him. It hit him right in his hands. It was a perfect throw by Carson. It was a huge moment. Yeah. And Nelson has to make that catch, and that's what he said afterwards. You know, he said. He knows the catch he should make. Uh, you know he's going to keep his head up, focus on next week. You know, rewatch the game and know. He, he mentioned he lost it in the lights. Now I will say, you know, he catches the other long ball later in the game, and it looks like he's going to be the hero. Yeah, but man. <laughs> they don't need that. They don't need that if he catches the first one. Like if he catches that first one, he, it's a touchdown. Yep. In my opinion, yep. and he's he's fast enough. He's in stride. He has two or three yards on the people. It was it was a really really bad drop. I can't believe that he short armed that ball. Like, how do you short arm a perfectly thrown football right at you? And you're right. As soon as that fourth and fourteen hit, I, I just like I was like, sweet, we are totally gonna have a fourth and twenty six and a fourth and fourteen, and they're gonna mean totally two different things, but it's gonna be great and it's gonna be awesome. And you know, and then there's there's Zach Ertz about a half yard short and. I was like, whoa, you can't spot that there, but the ref made a fantastic call, uh, you know, outside yeah, of the right whistleblowing. It was, it, was, it was dead on, and, uh, and that's what happens. I'm not even exactly sure. I know that I'm sure that you're, we're going to hear a lot of, like, that's why you have to run routes that, you know, are above the sticks and things like that and why you're kind of throwing that in there. I get where people are coming from on that, 
think that's certainly fair. But uh, sometimes you just got to make a one-on-one play, and and unfortunately, Zach Ertz lost that. Did, uh, did you get a chance to he uh, talk at all the, today uh, or t- uh, tonight there, E? Yeah, he talked after the game. Uh, he was pretty emotional. He said, obviously, you know, he's a play he has to make. He uh, mentioned, you know, he has to get past the six there, obviously. Uh, he said he feels like he let the team down. He feels like it was his fault they lost. Yeah, so man. he was very emotional about it. Um, but I thought what was interesting, you mentioned, you know, running routes past the six. Uh, pro football, not focus. I can't think of the website right Reference. now. Well, one of those websites keeps a stat on, like, uh, how far, like, so when Wentz throws on third down, does he throw an average of one yard past the six, an average of two yards, you know, in front of the six? Oh, f- uh, and, I think I saw that football outsiders, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, football outsiders. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wentz, I think last year was exactly at the sticks, like 0.00. Like he was like one of the only quarterbacks. So, you know, obviously tonight that came back to bite him. And the, it's a player Ertz has to make. He's made some of the biggest plays in the franchise history, but it's a, it's a play he has to make. Yeah, uh, for uh, for sure. And and there you could say that about a lot of folks here, man. And e, I don't know how many more times we're going to say it, but this secondary – does indeed need Jalen Mills uh, as as fast as possible. Now, I will say, Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones really, really stepped that up uh, in the third and fourth quarter. I thought they made some fantastic plays. I honestly thought, you know, it's it's just a, ended up being a really bad matchup for Darby on basically everybody. I thought it was, at first, I thought it was just Ridley, and they were killing him there, and I didn't realize, oh, my God, that's Hardy and a bunch of others. And uh, that, that certainly could have changed the game a lot there, too, if they hit that second one. Uh, over Ronald Darby, but yeah, it's just um, I, the, the th- well. You know what? I should I shouldn't all over say that because here's what I'm thinking tonight. E. Every single person in the secondary has been burnt, and it's already been two games. You know, Sydney's been burnt, Razul's been burnt, right. Darby's been burnt. Except that Darby's has done the most damage, so he's going to get the most criticism, and rightfully so. I mean, that's that was just a bad bad game, and you know, he kind of sat there and admitted that to you too. But uh, well, I, I think also people have the highest expectation for Darby. Yes. Yeah, well, that's true too. Uh, I, uh, but like, what was what was your impression of of how they attacked the secondary tonight? Well, I don't think they attacked the secondary as much as they came out wanting to attack Darby. I mean, they tried to get him in space early on. They threw a swing pass out to a receiver where they tried to get Darby one on one with him because he's not a great tackler. Uh, they attacked him down the field. I mean, he could have let up three long touchdowns today. I think he ended up letting up two, but um, he was really bad. And you know, like. I've said this on the podcast repeatedly. I don't think Ronald Darby's that good. So for me, this wasn't like a surprise. Like, I don't think Ronald Darby is a number one cornerback. I think he's a decent number two cornerback. I think Jalen Mills is better. I think Rasul Douglas is just as good, if not better. I think Avante Maddox is better. And you could honestly convince me Sidney is almost as good. Like, yeah. even the, the interception Darby had today, credit him for making it, but it wasn't like he jumped the route. I mean, that was the result of a blitz, yeah, and it was thrown right to him. Yeah. Uh, what'd so, you, Darby's not playing well. Yeah, and he got pulled, too, didn't he? Like, that's why they, I think, towards the, the eight-minute mark or nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter, I think he was done at that point. Or did he come back on the field? I can't remember. Uh, but for, for Honestly, so many people are going in and out of the game. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. For a moment in time, I know it was very noticeable that he wasn't out on the field, and it was primarily Sidney Maddox and uh, Razul, and, you know, they they really kind of stepped up the, their game. I was really happy to see that. Um, you know, uh, again, we'll probably play the, the our favorite game, Welcome to Quarterback Carousel, where you get to choose who's the best quarterback on this football team, and, uh, and we'll all still kind of sit there and argue about it, but 
Yeah, Jalen needs to get here, man. Um, I, I think this is that'll be. Uh, oh, I think it'll surprise a couple of people and just kind of remember. Yeah, there are some bad times with him too. But again, I keep saying this like it doesn't matter. Every all, every single one of these guys plays tag, and honestly, I, I think that's a little bit on Schwartz and how and why he adjusted throughout this too, Elliot. It is. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic day for him, uh, and we'll get to the Julio thing in a second. But uh, very creative blitzes too, uh, using his safeties yeah. a lot, using those. Uh, a lot of different looks with the double A gap, uh, and that's what changed. I think that's what hurt the secondary the most was there just wasn't a ton of pass rush. And again, when you leave these guys out on islands, it's not going to exactly have a, a ton of positive results, especially you know with uh, with what we just said with Darby and everything. But what'd you make of Jim Schwartz tonight? I thought he did a fantastic job. So interesting point you just brought up that I hadn't thought of, but they didn't really get a ton of pressure tonight outside of when they flipped. Am I wrong about that, or is that? No, that's that's exactly right. That's why he dialed it up. I think you know he's just like fuck it. We're right. going to be aggressive, and we got to change something. You know. So that's a problem because Jim Schwartz is used to coaching games with the front four that get pressure on their own. Now it, he did a great job dialing up with tonight. The Julio play. Look, I mean, it, you know, it was a great play call by the Falcons at just the right time. Yep. He just barely got it off. The blitz had worked all night, so it's. I have a hard time killing him for that. Oh, I, um, I called I think for it. Sports was the only reason they were in this game. <laughs> yeah, I called for it. I go send everybody. I was like, right now, like, yeah. just end the game right now, and uh, and I immediately re- obviously fire me too because you know I think we all had the same thought there. So yeah, it's just an unfortunate gamble that ended up paying off. And certainly, yeah, uh, one of the turning points obviously is we were kind of debating that there too. Uh, I thought this game changed immediately after the the the, the Clement fumble, but. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I guess there's a lot of situations where that can kind of be, uh, I, I guess the, you know, the Julio one was the biggest one. It was the backbreaker that they kind of, uh, couldn't overcome. Um, but there was just, man, I, I still can't get over the, you know, the first and second quarters. And just like we were talking about with Doug and his game planning and everything, but yeah, the awareness from, from Carson Wentz was really scary at some points. And like, I, there are, there yeah. were things that I didn't know what he was looking at exactly. So um, I'm, I'm actually just between that uh, and, and then getting to the best throw and it would have been even more amplified if they win, won this game. And this is like the, you know, the, the 10th thing that's on the list, but I think it's what absolutely just brought everybody out of their seats and onto their Twitter fingers. I don't know how Carson Wentz made that throw when he's like a centimeter away of his knee hitting the ground. That was one of the yep. best throws that I've ever seen, and that should belong in the highlight reel for a very, very long time there. I agree. He made a lot of really good throws, especially on third down. Uh, he had the big completion to Aguilar that was about 16 yards on third and maybe three or four. Um, the play you just mentioned where he evades pressure. But one thing I'll say, too, like – I know everyone's mad about that play where they called him down. Remember, he was like kind of pressured in the pocket. I think they had him a little bit. They blew the play dead, and then he flipped it to Sproles. Yep. Remember the play? Yep. So, all right, yeah, probably a little premature. But in the long run, the Eagles want the refs to protect Wentz. Like, the reason they're doing that is because they think he has lost control and, like, he is down, right? Like, he can't yep. no longer protect himself. So, at the end of the day, I will take them protecting Wentz over allowing him to take a cheap shot where he can't move. Like, it is what it is at that point. Yeah, I don't understand um, why you got so much crap about that, by the way, because you did tweet that out, and I go, yeah, I mean, the play was uh, already not good anyway. By the time he flipped it to Sproles, it's incomplete yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, I'm glad they blew the whistle because there was 
it didn't look like it was going to be a good decision or a good play anyway. I don't know why people are trying to argue that. Yeah, I'll take the early whistle on that uh, for sure. Uh, I reacted. I didn't like it like in the moment, but you know, when you said that, I go, oh, yeah, you know what? That's a pretty good point uh, <laughs> moving forward because they're going to need it. And, and this is – I could almost feel it building, and I, I so badly – I think I texted you something dirty too uh, when, <laughs> when I said – like, I saw Carson get hit and Josh McCown get in, and the first two things I noticed was like, oh, my God. I honestly thought that the – I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm so tired of it. I don't even want to have this debate with Elliot tonight about injury-prone quarterbacks <laughs> and all this other stuff. Josh McCown comes in there, and the offense looks as zipping right along. I'm going, oh, my God. But uh, yeah, uh, I just well, wanted to know how you two, felt. Let me felt. ask you two larger picture things. Okay. Let me ask you two larger picture things. So, first, I think a lot of players in the locker room said – this was one of Carson's best games of his career. That he yeah. played really well. They were really impressed with him. And I think there was reason to be really impressed. But is there a certain point where it's like no longer emotional victories when it comes to Carson? Like, I, like I get that he was really good at the end of the game. I get that there were issues. Yeah. I get all those things. But is there just – do you reach a point with Carson where you're like, bro, you got to start winning these games. Like, he didn't win them last year. Right. He's not. He didn't win this game tonight. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I have a firm opinion on that yet. I just wanted to throw that by you. I do. I think in this particular moment, um, because the Nelly drop is right there in front of our eyes, like absolutely yeah. we can say that. If it was something that he did that was slightly off or it wasn't, you know, uh, just right, like then then I can say, yeah, come on, Carson, you got to win that. And that's what I thought too is just uh, we are going to see it. Uh, I, I felt that the entire time is just like, you know, everybody's kind of calling for this thing. This is one of his benchmarks in terms of uh, this. He's, he's down. They played like crap. He finally brought him back and had a really good drive because that entire drive uh, for that score was one of the best I've ever seen out of this team. An 80-yard-plus drive where they're just going everywhere. Matt Collins is even helping out. Yeah. Well, out of this quarterback. Out of this I mean, quarterback. I, yeah, 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 sorry. There's been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's quite a few memorable drives from this team uh, thus far. I don't know yeah. if you knew they won the Super Bowl. But uh, the uh, uh, yeah, just in terms of like a regular season game for Carson, that was magnificent. You, you could totally see and why I always feel better about this guy is just the, the mentality that he has of just kind of turning the switch on, and that's what you wanted to see tonight is that gamer, that guy that can just go down there and fucking win and take care of business, and everybody can stop sweating about, is this guy really a winner, and have all those questions moving forward, even for you. I know it's – and it's still important for me. It's important for a lot of people to see, see that. It's just it sucks when, just like the 2017 MVP – did he win it? Not really. Uh, did he have a game-winning right. drive? I mean, he would have. You know, it's kind of one of those things. So I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, and and that, that's my thing. I feel yeah. like it just pretty soon, like, those almost have to turn into things he's actually accomplished. And, again, injuries, I get all that. Like, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances tonight. But my, my second question was, on a larger scale, like, was it worrisome to you that they didn't win this game? Like, but is this loss worrisome to you? Because it's felt a lot like a 2018 loss, or is this just a lot of injuries, kind of this is what it is? Yeah, it, uh, although I will say it does feel like a 2018 loss and start, like you had said, which I think is mm -hmm. valid. I, I, the, the logic in my brain of saying, like, well, I, could, I, could, I just went through all the things of why it's not like one of those, but it still feels the same. So I don't think that this was necessarily a big worry 
Um, this is just kind of part of the season where we're going to look back at this and be like, man, that was so weird. And thank God that they got it together. And now Sean was okay. And now we're here sitting in the playoffs. Hopefully that, you know, you can, you can kind of carry this thing on. It, it is, I think it's a it, totally fair to be worried about this particular thing. Yeah. Even, even with the logic, I think that's fine. I'm not really getting worried about it. I'm just kind of torn in between, but you would say this is, this is not a good look for, uh, for the, for the season. Um, I think that, I think the larger concern for tonight is the injuries. I think that is like the number one thing. I don't think this is a loss where you say, man, they're never going to win these games. I think they'll yeah. probably pull a few of these games out this year, but obviously based off of last year, it's concerning. But when you take into account that I think like Corey Clement could be out a few weeks, Jimmy Jernigan might be, might be out for the season or, yeah. you know, like at least a con- an extended amount of time. Right. Uh, in the Dallas Goddard thing, I mean, he missed all of training camp with it, right? And he reheard it again today. So that's very concerning. Uh, and Deshaun Jackson with the groin is also very concerning. Yeah. He's clearly he's part of this offense, as we saw. So if these guys are going to be like in and out of the lineup, that's, that's a major concern. Yeah, I, and this is the, the – I was thinking that throughout the game of – and I remember a bunch of people uh, kind of pointing it out, including – I think Jimmy Kemsky actually got a lot of crap. Uh, for just saying, like, yeah, the average age is going up on this team, and it's 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 at a weird spot because you're still trying to take care of this window of opportunity here, and that's why you go sign, you know, both Jacksons, and that's why you kind of just solidify everybody and get some more paper for for a few of the guys that you you know want to hold on to for a little longer because you know they can go out and play, and then at the other side you're trying to develop these these young guys, and to your point, e, this is kind of the difference on like, all right, well, you look at the Cowboys and they have top-end talent and then filling out that is everything else that they've kind of nailed over the past couple of years in the draft. And unfortunately, the Eagles really aren't in that spot. They're kind of caught in the middle and they're trying it. And I'm not saying that the way this team was built and how the the depth is there and it's going to be tested early now, certainly. Uh, it's, It's just a different way. Uh, that you can't rely on, you know, s- some of that and the consequences of getting older and and a lot of the stuff is is also getting hurt. And I know, trust me, Dallas Goddard's on that list there too, and now Corey's on there too. It's just kind of a, I don't know, it's somewhere swimming in there. I don't I don't know exactly if it's if it's one way or the other, but that's kind of how I look at this. It's just it's a team getting older, and it's also got a lot of young talent that's trying to establish itself. Yeah, and the, the thing that the thing that sucks most about this loss tonight for the team is that like this could have been a win, right? Like you look at their upcoming schedule. I think they beat Detroit next week, but again, if they're very banged up, who knows? Detroit won today. Then you go to Green Bay, right? Then you have the Jets at home. That should yeah. be a win. But then you have that three game road road trip. So if you would have won this game and started two and zero, I mean, it it that's a big deal. Like the first eight games are really tough. The Cowboys are two and zero, which isn't a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but they're taking care of the game they're supposed to win. And the right. beginning eight games of their schedule are very easy. So this could have been like the difference between 10 and six and 11 and five, right? Like th- this could have been, th- this win was there for the taking yeah. and they let it slip away. Yeah. I, I think Atlanta's a little different than Washington though. Like I, I don't, I'm not ready just to completely say that the Falcons are, are complete dog shit. I mean, that's the, the talent is obviously there and it's hard and it's, you know, I mean, they were embarrassed. Well, I don't, fact- I don't, I don't mean so much the opponent. You're right. I just mean like a win. Like all wins count the same. They don't ask how many, you know, they don't ask who. They ask how many, right, or whatever. The right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and there's still and, and listen, been we, a win. I wish I would have stuck to my guns, but um, <laughs> this could have been a win for him. It just yeah. flat out could have been a win, and they let it get away. And that's why I just had a that's you know I had a weird vibe. Like I just I wasn't sure how this was going to come out, but for some reason, you know. And those those first couple of quarters, I just go, yep, something like this. It's just something we weren't expecting. And, of course, it's kind well, of I'll what, tell you this much. I'm yeah. not picking this team to win a primetime game. I'm not picking <laughs> to beat the Packers. I'm not picking to beat the Vikings. I'm not picking to beat the Cowboys. They, they need to show me they can win one of these games yeah. before I, I put faith in them another big spot again. Yeah, it's just kind of a – I agree. I think that's a, a wait and see. And I was just thinking about the Green, Bay, uh, Green Bay's defense, which is vastly improved now too. So – that becomes uh, a lot harder because that, I believe, is going to be their first uh, big test at, at a defense that's kind of you know on the on the up and up here. And there's it's man, you hope some of these guys get healthy, and that's the main concern. Is like if Deshaun's out for an extended period of time, I, we got one fucking game. Like that's that's what kills me. We got one game to spread the field out as much as possible and have this master plan. And now you're not even really sure if you can run 11 or 12 personnel at all. Like, the offense yeah. completely changes, and you're going, oh, my God, they've got to go back to, like, I mean, you know. at a certain point tonight, they, they couldn't run 11 or 12. No. They only had one tight end and, and two wide receivers. Yeah. Like they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it. But let, let me ask you this. So, I don't think the offensive line seemed to play that well. I don't think if Carson is under that pressure, type of pressure – he was tonight for the whole season. He's not going to make it the whole year. He's just not. No. So, well, how do you think the offensive line played? Uh, in in spots, I thought it was great, but mostly it just, I mean, it made Carson run around a lot of the time. There were a couple of times where yeah. I thought Carson broke his own uh, pocket a little bit, and then it just really unfortunate timing, and I forget where it was, but uh, it was a third or fourth down sack or somewhere around there where, you know, Lane beat his guy. Uh, or Lane got beat, excuse me, and but did the right thing and just kind of, you know, made him go around Carson Wentz. And unfortunately, Carson couldn't feel any of that, and he slides right into it uh, for that big sack. But um, yeah, I thought they had a, a really rough night. Lane Johnson was getting pushed back a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were times where, uh, you know, both guards were were kind of getting getting theirs too. Like this was. This was the Atlanta Falcons defensive line in front seven that I remembered being really good. And uh, they showed none of that, you know, uh, last week. And this is kind of uh, all of all a part of that. Uh, I, I um, yeah, <laughs> man, I don't know. Like there's there's that's not going to let up either. Like there's a couple other one was a few defensive lines that are really good in the next couple of weeks. My brain just like uh, got fried right this moment because I can't think of anything else. But I mean, the Lions. The oh Lions yeah, the Lions. Yeah, that's right. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought they just played okay. They didn't do any. They didn't do Carson a lot of favors tonight. That's that's my take. I think I think these next two games are going to tell us a lot about the Eagles. Uh, a game at home against the Lions that they should win, and not just win, like they should kill win this just team convincingly. They yeah. should be way better than the Lions. Right. And then you go on a short week to Green Bay which is a tough spot, but we saw in 2017 this team go to Carolina in a short week and play really well. These two next these next two weeks are really, really going to tell us where this team is at right now. Yeah, and um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of a way just to, like you were saying, this is this is going to be a journey. You know, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, doing it in a, in a big spot again, just like you said, until, 
maybe in a maybe in another couple of weeks. Like I, I, if I had to guess right now, they'd beat Detroit, but I don't, I, I don't think that they're going to beat the Green Bay Packers if it's if it stays, you know, like no. this. It's, uh, I, I'd say they're two and two in four weeks, and we're still asking a lot That's of questions. It, yeah. Honestly, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that we're forgetting about, or. Uh, you're probably forgetting about, but you know, enjoy your coffee, enjoy your breakfast, lunch, dinner, whenever you're kind of uh, chiming in, listen to us. We'd love to hear from you at the go birds pod, uh, at LA short parks at John Barchard, uh, wanted to thank at least everyone at the Mayfair business district over at Frankfurt and Cotman, just a phenomenal time. And E dude, I got to take you to, uh, the hello guys. I don't know if you've ever been to, been to that. Oh, joint. dude, oh. hello guys are like maybe one of my favorite restaurants in the world. Yeah. Like, I yeah. love the fucking halal guy spots. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are so delicious. Uh, they fed us. Factory Donuts fed us. Uh, Brent Selleck was out there. If uh, you missed any of that, I uh, will actually probably cut that up and then put it in the feed because I thought he had some pretty interesting answers And with uh, with Zach and being in situations like this again. You know, it's just mm-hmm. I can't believe it. The, like, how are you down your two two starting D tackles basically in two weeks. It's insane. Like that's gonna be well, such a kick in the dick. Everyone's favorite reporter, Joe Santillaquilo, or however you pronounce his last name. <laughs> yes. I always say Santillaquilo now because of Ike says it all the time. <laughs> but Joe Joe Santa Santaquilo wrote a really good story about saying that like if you look at the Eagles' 22 projected starters coming into the season, only one had played 16 games in the last three years. Wow. So, like, and again, it's 120 in the morning, so maybe I have that stat a little off, but it's just this This is a team that has guys, has old guys on it that have been injured a lot. So maybe yeah. we shouldn't be this surprised about this. Yeah, uh, and these are these are certain things that we're kind of sitting there and overlooking at the uh, during the offseason. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has just finally – tweeted something out uh, actually about an hour ago from when we started recording this I left plays out there that I know I could have made and will be making uh, and will make going forward tough loss that hurts a lot because I know how hard we played I will be better and as a team we will be better moving forward so uh, some I mean actually the mentions aren't that bad so there you go Nelson way to own up to that and kind of connect with the fan base there I'm trying to see if we missed anything uh, in between uh, Carson Wentz just saying that you know, he's uh, physically sore. He's okay after the game. Uh, took a lot of hits, so he expected it. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I totally fine. A little sore. Nothing major from Carson Wentz. But that was the thing that bugged me the most. I'm just going to restate uh, this. Like, don't cover up. Please just don't cover up. Be like, oh, you know, I say, I hope that's injury, I guess. And not actually Carson Wentz doing that. But come on, man. You know, you can say he's, you can say yeah. he fucked up. It's okay. Like we still love him to death. Well, one of us loves him to death. Uh, and uh, you know, we yeah, we well. know what case uh, Carson is capable of. This is just kind of all a part of this. Uh, it wasn't Doug's best game at all either. I think those things all kind of coincided here. And I don't know. There might as well have been a unicorn, a tornado, a hot dog, a big bottle of ketchup, uh, the a mermaid, the. <laughs> the Loch Ness monster and uh, Bigfoot should have strolled by and just took a dump on the fifty, and then being like, "Yep, this this kind of makes sense for this type of game." So, e, any any final thoughts before we uh, roll out here? Not really. I think we hit we hit a lot of it. Uh, should be a very interesting week. See who's healthy, see who's not, and uh, this Detroit game is very interesting. I look forward to uh, talking to, talking about it with you guys this week. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Uh, me and James might have some uh, retrospectives. 
on uh, on Tuesday, and certainly uh, we'll uh, we'll go through and uh, you know keep keep uh, keep peeling the. I think it's like the it's going to be a, an onion that just keeps getting peeled back and back and back. And uh, there's going to be like a thousand stories about this game over the next week, so I'm looking forward to it. And you can find a lot of those stories at 94wip.com slash GoBirds because Elliot does a fantastic job as always. We appreciate you guys listening, whether it's on Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Radio.com, Apple Pod, Spotify. Uh, the five-star reviews do go a long way as well. And, uh, you know, however you feel, whether you're mad, sad, we're just feeling like me and really weird. At least we get to be together and yell about these birds. Uh, for episode number 111, I believe, if, I'm, uh, if I've gotten that wrong, uh, then uh, just correct it in your own ears right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. We'll see you guys.